listening back to uh, last week's episode, I felt like I was quite mean to Simon. So I'd like it on the record that that was Minnie the character. <laughs> Minnie the person likes Simon, or at least likes Simon the person. He really hates Simon the character, though. I, for, for the record, I will say that Phil the person really hates Simon the character and Simon the person. <laughs> And welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. This is quarter three of the best of the rest bracket. Yes, we're still going for it. And once again, I have 12 br- twelve songs that we will introduce to you. What did you think of the selection this this week, boys? Yeah, less of a less of a bracket this week, more of a limbo. Sort of how low can you go? One of them's good. One of them is good. That's about <laughs> as much as we can say this week. I look yes. forward to finding out which one that is. I must say, as much as this is random, there was random allocation of this bracket, when I saw how it had fallen, there are not 12 good songs in this episode. I think we will, we will be all sharpening our knives for what we are saying about these songs. But... Uh, Before we get any further in, I should introduce our panellists. So, 512, it's Alexander Smith. Good evening, Phil. Nice, thank you. Feel like you're about to give us your votes. 1024, it's Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. 2048, it's Dan Irvin. Hello again, Phil. And two, it's Simon Rickenback. Hi, Phil. What was the highest score that anything got this week? So the, the score something gets is not a function of its quality. It's just a function of how it did relative to the others. He's but not the highest, done it. There's a question's answer. He's not highest, done it this week. <laughs> the highest this week is 992. Oh, that's, that's a strong score out of 10. Everyone playing the binary bingo drinking game at home. Finish your drinks. Uh, right, shall we get on with uh, battle number one? Uh, first up this week, we have our hero uh, nation. So, Alex, do you want to introduce your song? Thank you, Phil. Uh, yeah, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Raphael Gulazzi and Madness of Love singing for Italy. And you fly over lands where you are. And for Lithuania, we have their 2013 effort. This is Andreas Pujavis with something. Because of my shoes, I'm wearing today. One is called love, the other is Spain. Shall we start with The Madness of Love? Alex, why don't you talk us through that one? Well, I chose The Madness of Love because the rules dictated that you couldn't let me choose Il Volo nor Volare, uh, the 1962 classic. Uh, Alas, Italy's third best entry at Eurovision, in my view, Raphael Gulazzi and Madness of Love. Um, Italy were strangely absent from Eurovision or have been absent from Eurovision during a few occasions, not sending any entry uh, at various points during Eurovision history and most noticeably in the sort of 10, 15 years preceding this entry. So this was Italy's big return to the competition um, and subsequently they were readmitted into the, uh, the big five. And in terms of a sort of comeback song, as it were. I think this is absolutely fantastic. It's a really accomplished, stylish jazz song, uh, perfectly mixing, in my view, Italian and English uh, quite beautifully. We know on this podcast that when there are instruments on stage, they're not playing them. But even the fake playing of the instruments 
and Raphael's fake playing of the piano looks pretty bloody good and pretty bloody realistic. Uh, I'm Alex Smith, representing Italy, and I endorse this song. I have to say, I this is one of the few ones that I will give the pass on the instruments on stage. Uh, I was listening to it, and it would be very strange if you were hearing a jazz trumpet without any sign of it on stage, I think. Although I'm less of a fan of the Perspex Grand Piano, but we digress. Uh, Minnie, did you like this one? Yeah, I agree. The piano solo and the muted trumpet solo is really good. The vocals, though, I found a bit too croony for my taste. And there's something about the whole we've taken off our ties for the late show vibe about it. But solid effort, good instrumentation. It sort of gave me um, gnocchi papai vibes. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> I, and there was me thinking that my, my line of Italia la land was going to be bad. <laughs> OK, well, if no one else has any thoughts on this one, uh, we shall move on to Lithuania's effort from 2013. Uh, Dan, what did you make of this one? Yeah, um, if we ignore the lyrics for a minute, this song's pretty <laughs> likeable. It's a well-sung little love song with an upbeat feel. Because of my shoes, though. What? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So it's something that, like, I've noticed before at Eurovision that, like, you know, it's not always, English isn't always their first language, so, you know, you kind of let them off a little bit, but it's really like, somebody needs to take them to one side and say, can you just sing a little bit clearer? Because, yeah, I've listened to that line a hundred times and he definitely says, the other is Spain. <laughs> There's no other words there. When I'm listening to this song, all I can picture is this man in, in white converse and he's drawn a heart on one shoe and he's drawn red and yellow stripes on the other one for Spain. That, that's, <laughs> like, that's all I can picture. Uh, yeah. Simon, with your very literal, we discovered, you know, obviously you quite like your staging to be literal. Are you d disappointed that there weren't any close-ups of his shoes in this song? Uh, no, because the song is called Something, and uh, it certainly is something. <laughs> they could have had something on stage. No, I think they have got something on stage. I'm not so sure. Some people, but there are no some things. James Blunt with a broken voice, finally, but there's not much else going on. Oh, the, the other thing is, he's Nick Sackis Rubis's T-shirt. <laughs> I, I was going to talk about what he's wearing because it, he is the most generic-looking uh, Eurovision entrant of all time because he's a sort of vaguely handsome-looking brown-haired guy in a leather jacket. And just to uh, tip off the ensemble, he's got his nation's uh, flag colours as wristbands on his uh, arm. Like... It's it's the most generic look you could possibly go for. It's like they haven't designed their own costume. They've just turned up and been like, what have you got in the prop room? And just like, oh, here's some Eurovision stuff. Off you go. Yeah, we've got a leather jacket from last year. Put that on if you want. There's a flag we found when we're sweeping up from the semi-final. There you go. You can have that. Well, the whole thing does smack of that. It's called something like they were going. Just call this song something and we can get this man who looks like a bloke and he can wear a t-shirt and and we'll sing about love but there should probably be a metaphor about something what could it uh, shoes yeah so we go to the vote then uh mini should we start with you italy or lithuania it's got to be italy for me okay simon yeah, I agree. Uh, I wasn't wild on either song, but I think uh, Italy is clearly the better one of these two. Alex, do you want to secure victory for Italy? I certainly will. And Dan? Uh, I'm actually going to vote against here. I, I didn't really enjoy the Italian one. Sorry, Alex. Um, so I'm going to vote for Lithuania. <sighs> well, it wasn't a clean sweep, but uh, Italy do go through. If a little battered and bruised to the second round. No, consolation goal. Uh, Lithuania didn't do very well in 2013. They came 22nd, but at least they did make the final, so they qualified. Right, battle number two. This places North Macedonia 
versus Slovenia. First up, uh, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, as they were known at the time. In 2018, this is their effort by the band IQ, and it's Lost and Found. And that faces Slovenia's 2002 effort. This is Sestra with Samo Lubezen. head to head I think so uh Minnie do you want to talk us through uh Macedonia's lost and found well it's a slightly strange song that starts out as a reggae number but then it sounds like the band has gotten lost in a disco somewhere and then the whole thing sort of catches fire it's <laughs> quite a horrible bit of production in my view uh Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, this musically, this song is a uh, a a melting pot car crash. Uh, yeah, could you have a melting car crash? I think you could. Yeah. Well, it's one of those. Uh, yeah, reggae. There's some sort of uh, disco vibes. There's some almost some R and B vibes a little bit in places. Oh uh, yeah. God knows what they were thinking with this one. Um, I, I actually came after a lot of repetition to quite enjoying the studio version of this, um, if not the live stage version. Uh, Simon, I feel like you might have some thoughts on this one. Yeah, it's not good, is it? So first of all, there's there's a costume change in it, and it must be the least impressive costume change of all time. Like, the, she's wearing, like, this ill-fitting satin thing, <laughs> clearly over the top of another outfit. Well, it and looks then, like a jacket on back to front. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then at one point, she slinks off to the back of the stage, but is still in the back of the shot, just yeah. sort of casually taking it off. Yeah. Um, and then the outfit underneath is possibly even worse <laughs> yeah no not no possibly definitely worse i'm i'm getting my barbara deeks out for the lads here early shout this has got to be the worst outfit of 2018 i'm sorry that's it's just bad the second one looks like um you know you know like on a like a stuffed toy bear when they do the the mouth they connect it to the nose oh yeah it, it looks like that except like with the with the lines underneath her breasts. Yes, they they've accentuated her breasts, um, but not in a flattering way. The mm. sort of the the, the colour goes further down, and it, the, the, I'm, I'm sure they're very nice breasts, but it just seems to make them look like they're sagging. Um, I think that combined with the high waist sort of does create that effect. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is a hideous look, and and as you say, you could see the the costume change coming a mile off. I I, I suspect somewhere at the at the back of their minds, what they were thinking with the the costume change was to represent the duality of the of the song, and the lost and the found, and all of that. And it's a double act, I think. And but oh my god, they've just they've fucked it up beyond repair, haven't they? Really? Any recognition? Yeah. Um, does anyone have any more to say on that melting car crash of a Macedonian entrant? Just to say the guy's outfit is actually a little bit ahead of this time because that's now the Arsenal away kit. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's actually a very good joke for any Eurovision slash football fans out there, of which I might be one of the few. I think they're all on this podcast, to be honest. Yeah. yeah and no one laughed, so... Um, okay so it's it's a hard pass from the ub40 meets dua lipa vibes that this one gave off um so uh, we move on to slovenia and sestra uh simon 
why don't you talk us through Sestra? Yeah, so it's a bit cheesy. Um, it's like an air hostess vibe, except uh, plot twist, the air hostesses appear to be um, to be blokes with lipstick and uh, and sparkling outfits on. I think it's quite a good song, actually. I quite enjoyed it. It's quite fun. It's in the native Slovenian language, which I presume was was the rule at the time, if not, uh, you know, I think a good decision. Um, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't be saying Yoki Papai vibes. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about this song was that it brought me a crushing sense of disappointment about the UK's entry Scooch, because it made me realise not only was Scooch <laughs> shit, but they weren't even original. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we weren't even the best sort of aviation themed entry to Eurovision. I, on the aviation theme, uh, I'm going to have to disagree. I, I didn't enjoy this song at all. I can't watch this and not think that it's like the Virgin Atlantic lot and Richard Branson doing something for charity, doing a song for charity, where him and two of the other exec have dressed up as air hostesses to sing a song. I believe they're a drag act, so I think it's a legitimate art form. Uh this is obviously our first glimpse of, of Eurovision 2002, as uh, we didn't cover it in a podcast of its own. Uh, this was the first Eurovision that was hosted uh, beyond the proverbial Iron Curtain. It was hosted in Estonia. Um, what did you think of the production values relative to the era, of course? I mean, I put in my notes, it looks like 1982, so... That says enough. Fair enough. Yes, uh, it does look dated. The stage looks small and they're very static, I think. So um, I, I quite often, in my mind at least, categorise the sort of modern era of Eurovision starting it the next year, 2003. Um, right, so North Macedonia versus Slovenia. Um, it's a, it's a tough call, maybe not for the right reasons, but uh, Alex, why don't you give us your vote on this one? I'll go for Macedonia. Okay, one vote for Macedonia. Uh, Simon? Uh, Slovenia for me. Okay. Dan? Yeah, two very different songs, but um, my vote goes to Macedonia. Okay. Minnie? I found the Macedonian entry more of a drag than the one that actually featured men dressed as women. So I'm going for Slovenia. It's a tie. It's a tie, boys. I don't know what I was expecting. Like these songs both sucked. So uh, why I wasn't expecting a tie, I don't know. Um, my casting vote. I, I'm not fond of either, but just because I grew a begrudging fondness of the, the studio version, I'm going to give my casting vote to North Macedonia. Um, so Slovenia are knocked out there. In 2002, this uh, this tied for 13th place. So it didn't even do all that well then. Uh, right, on to battle number three. And if you thought the last one was madcap, we go even wilder. First up, we have France, one of the big five. This is their 2010 effort, which is Jesse Matador with Allez, Ola, Olé. San Marino. This is Valentina Moneta making her second appearance on the podcast, but it's her first effort at Eurovision. This is her 2012 effort, the Social Network song. We will start with France. Uh, Alex, why don't you talk us through Allez, Ola, Olé? Yeah, it's a uh, really energetic sort of 
dance along at home kind of song or they at least try to teach us a dance we can do at home um to be honest with you it just reminds me a lot of the kind of music that your teacher would put on oh, i knew in french gcse because it's got the same tempo as sort of overall aim to try and improve your your French vocab um, and you know what I suppose in the same spirit if you're going to sing a song in French that's got to appeal to a pan-European audience you know why the hell not go for go for a song with some sort of simple and catchy lyrics um, it's a bit more of a football anthem than perhaps Eurovision might have or the Eurovision faithful might have liked uh, but ultimately I think it's it's uh, it's pretty high energy. It's pretty good. Uh, I could actually see the song doing really well as a kind of um, summer beach club anthem. In fact, uh, you know, me and I have been on been on holiday to Greek islands a couple of times, and I feel like we've probably, in one way or another, sung along to this song in the kind of ale ole ole. Alex, if only you knew how accurate you were. Not only is this actually a football song, this was France's official song for the, their dismal 2010 World Cup attempt, uh, as well as their Eurovision effort. So, you know, saving money there. But it was also a beachfront club classic. Uh, this song repeatedly always hits uh, Eurovision's most streamed, most views on YouTube. Every summer, this one bursts through. Everyone loves Ale Ola Ole. It is an absolute dance floor classic. Um, anyone else have, have thoughts on Jesse Matador? I want to talk about the dance. Mm. It's very crotch heavy, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's a piratey bum grab. I am Or piratey consensual spank. Yes. It, it it feels more consensual. I Maybe must not say. even priority. And then there's this weird dance move they do that's a bit like the funky chicken, except they they just like hold their shins to the side and like waggle a bit. It's definitely got vibes of that Renault McGann "I See You Baby" advert. I see you, baby. Shaking it. It it will not be the last arse-shaking of the episode. I think that's fair to say. Um, right, San Marino and the Social Network song. Do you remember when the BBC mistakenly interviewed a guy, guy called Guy? Guy Goma. Guy Goma, and they actually meant to interview another guy called Guy. Guy and Guy Goma was like... Uh, actually, if you can go everywhere, you're going you're gonna to see... Lot of people downloading uh, to the internet uh, and the website, uh, everything they want. You know, and uh, bless him, Guy Goma famously did his best to answer the questions. This this is almost like a musical imagination of that moment. The sort of the the lyrics are just sort of so. Put it this way. Welcome, Guy Goma. Uh, so, what are your what are your thoughts about the internet? You're logging in, then it begins. You and your computer is waking you taking your time away the scene is right for a socialite you're on the internet anywhere anytime day and night guy goma thank you <laughs> famously this song uh this song was due to be called the facebook song or facebook uh oh uh oh um but the competition rules at the time disallowed brand names from existing um so it had to be retitled as the social network song i uh, genuinely think this was originally thought of as an educational video for schools about the dangers of social media and then they're gonna like oh yeah we've we've paid for that for the schools why don't we pop that in eurovision and also we'll put a guy in a pilot's outfit the, the pilot, it, the pilot looks like he's won a competition. I do. I love the pilot. He can't dance. Is like, he? A, is he a physical representation of the kind of predator that you get on the internet? Yes, possibly. I mean, 
it should be said, I think the song is satirical. It's hard to tell sometimes, but I think I think it is an attempt at least at satire. So whether all the all the people and all the things that they're dressed up as are not what they really are, maybe that's what they're hinting at. I don't I don't really know because I can identify the doctor, I can identify the cheerleader and the pilot. I don't know what the fourth one is or the guitar player is. They just seem to have shiny jackets. It, it might even just be advertising the fact that San Marino does, in fact, have the internet. Yeah, they've just upgraded from dial-up to uh, broadband. I love, I love that the budget had gone on the outfits, and so they just bought a laptop on stage. But that said, Simon, it's a very literal staging production. You must love it. That's true. There's, you know, no, I hate it. I hated this as well. Although it is probably meant to be satirical, the fact that we can't really tell is testament to how badly executed it is I, I don't think the people on stage really know either so it seems like almost a not that ironic song about facebook which really rubbed me up the wrong way yeah zuckerberg's got a lot to answer for and you know when he's up in front of the court of simon the first thing i'll be asking him about is this <laughs> I, I mean, I think some of the lyrics are somewhere between genius and terrible rhymes, or both at the same time. Do you really like politics? Want to talk about voodoo tricks? Are you really a sex machine or just some beauty queen? I mean, come on, this is brilliant. No? No. Okay, fair enough. Um, right, so... France versus San Marino, Ale Ola Ole versus the social network song Oh 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 Oh. Daniel Irvin, which way does your vote go? Yeah, I'm really getting some of those pool bar vibes. I'm going to go for France. Uh, Simon? Yep, France by a long, long, long way. Alex? France. And Minnie? Yeah, although the French song is lyrically quite unambitious. The energetic performance definitely sells it for me. Four votes to zero. Uh, San Marino. Uh, it won't surprise you to know that this song did not qualify in 2012. Uh, it uh, it came in 14th in its semi-final. So, no, it wasn't even particularly close. So we move on. On to battle number four. This takes place between Slovakia and Hungary. Uh, for Slovakia, it is their 2010 effort, Horehoni, by Kristina Pelikova. And that is up against Hungary's 2018 effort. This is AWS with Vizlat Nya. Simon, why don't you talk us through Slovakia's effort? So I, I really like this Slovakian song. I appreciate its its Yokipai vibes. I did think the the elements they used in it, like the sticks and the ribbons, could have been great, but actually just turned out to be a bit wank, in all honesty. Um, I quite like the pagan sort of vibe to it. Uh, and I, I did think it was, yeah, worthy of note in this, uh, this lineup. Sure. Um, so not much to say, but pretty strong. OK. Uh, we move on to Hungary and Vislat Uh Dan, did you like this one? Hilariously, on YouTube, all the previous songs in the playlist are the same volume. But when you get to this one, the volume notably dips a bit. It's a bit shouty, I think, and it's not quite to everybody's tastes. The guitar riff is a direct rip-off of Foo Fighters' Monkey Wrench, I believe. <laughs> The lead singer looks like if Tom Chaplin from Keen did meth, or lots more meth anyway. Um, 
but it's you know it's a shouty rock song. Um, doesn't generally do very well at Eurovision, but as an example of one of those, I don't think it's one of the worst ones. I think this heavy metal song stands out a little bit from some of the other heavy metal efforts that have been entered into Eurovision, just because it it holds a a, a melody that I think uh, could be translated to a different genre of music. I think you can imagine this song being sung as a a, a poppier song or a, a ballad even. I didn't notice a melody. I found it quite unpleasant. Also, it's funny that you said they couldn't name any existing companies when they're called AWS, which, of course, is <laughs> for Amazon Web Services. <laughs> yeah. Uh, strangely, 2018 was the first year that they could start naming uh, brand names, hence why uh, Toy, the uh, winner that year from uh, Netta and Israel referenced both Pikachu and Barbie, uh, which it wouldn't have got away with the year before. I'd like to um, get my Barbara decks out for this front man. Okay, interesting. He's got this awful, weird, floppy haircut, a kind of army jacket, a ill-fitting t-shirt, a bandana hanging out of his back pocket, skinny jeans and no shoes. Yes, I did notice he's he's done a Sandy Shore and gone without his without his flip flops. It's a look. Um, right, so time to vote: Slovakia versus Hungary. Alex, which was your preference? Yeah, two really different songs. Uh, didn't enjoy Hungary at all. Um, just sort of reminded me of a, do you know, when we were like 16, 17 and everyone vaguely musical started a band, it just sort of reminded me of those wanky people we used to have at school. Oh, our band's so big, we're going to make it, we're going to go on Eurovision. Um, so hence, I'm voting for Slovakia. Uh, Dan? I think Alex is still bitter about the time our our form didn't enter a song to the Battle of the Bands contest. So that's probably where that's coming from. I'm going to vote for Hungary. Uh, Mini. Yeah, I think the Slovakian Forestry Commission put together a fine performance, so I'll be voting for them. Okay, and Simon. Yeah, uh, my main thought on the Hungarian entry was that the Hungarian Dragon Force are pretty shit. Uh, So I was going for Slovakia, please. Okay, by three votes to one, the vote goes to Slovakia and Horehoni, which means that Hungary are knocked out. AWS came in 21st place in 2018, but again, did qualify for the final, so can't be knocked. It's better than uh, Dan and Alex's form did at Battle of the Bands. This is true. This is very true. And Simon's form as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Who we, knew that we would have been the more successful act? <laughs> yeah. You, you entered in accrued votes. So uh, that is round one done. We've said goodbye to Lithuania, Slovenia, San Marino and Hungary. Um, and we move swiftly on to round two. I have four more songs to introduce to you and it doesn't get any prettier. Um, first up, facing Italy and the madness of love, it is Portugal. Portugal, of course, won in 2017. This is not their winning song. This is their 2005 effort. This is 2B with Amar. told you it was slim pickings for Portugal's non-winning entrance. Would you believe me? I did think when I saw the name Portugal, I thought this is not going to be good. And was it? It was not. No. Uh, it's. It seems like at some points they forget the words to the song and you kind of want more of that. I, I, I think this comes from a Eurovision era where people think that someone that can do a backflip 
and some slightly shiny clothing will get you some votes. Yeah, I was going to say her mic technique is terrible, which considering it's stuck to her face is quite impressive. And the way her vocals drop in and out is, as Simon suggested, something of a blessed relief, because when you can hear her, it's horrible, as is the song, the dancing and the outfits. Yeah. I really can't help but think that, like, On Again, Off Again by Malta was the kind of low ebb for shit romantic songs. But then in comes Portugal, 2005, (laughs) and sets a new low bar for me. I mean, it it is awful. Um, I I I think both of the lead singers are uh, have celebrity lookalikes. I think it's it's TV presenter slash everyone's favourite policeman Rav Wilding singing with actress and game show host Elizabeth Banks um, for no known reason as well. It, it it makes no sense visually, physically, metaphorically, or in fact hypothetically. On every single plane, it does not work. I would like to nominate this song for the Barbara Streisand Peace Prize. As would I. Oh. What what makes you think that this is particularly the worst outfits you've seen tonight? Well, there's this. I mean, both of them. I mean, she's wearing something. Maybe it's of the time, but it looks very. I don't <laughs> know, like a kid's dress, and he's wearing this. It, I don't. Again, I don't know how to describe it. Some kind quadruple-breasted jacket, jacket. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think that his his outfit looks a little bit like he's wearing a, a black and silver straight jacket that somehow they've let his arms out. Also, she's got really strange eye makeup that kind of makes it look like her eyes are bleeding, which as are after watching it, I suppose. <laughs> it's my ears that are bleeding rather than my my eyes. But there we go. Um, yeah. I mean, they just make Gemini look half decent, don't they, really? This is, again, our, our first look at the 2005 staging, which I think uh, I think has, has aged quite well, the, the stage, at least, if not the song. Sorry, I, I, you know, I'm always a glass half fill. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's quite good. A glass half fill sort of host. So try and find some good things, and I've got the stage. That would be the name of your autobiography. Glass half fill. Yeah. Good. I don't know who'd read it, but be good. Well, I would film. How oh. do you read your autobiography? You wouldn't yeah. feature, but sure. When you, you're going to have to cut a lot of content if I'm out. Um, right. Okay. Well, th- this doesn't surprise me. I know this song sucks beyond all human measure, but for the sake of procedure, uh, Dan, where does your vote go? I'm back on board with Italy. Simon? Begrudgingly, uh, uh, Italy. Alex? I think you said begrudgingly. What is it as if you're laboured to, to not vote for Portugal in this instance? I'm not laboured I'm, I'm, I'm laboured to vote against Portugal. That is, that is very simple and I, I would do it many, many times. Um, but the, the, that Italy song getting this far in the contest is... A bit of a travesty. Well, well, I, I'm still voting for Italy. And Minnie? Like a dog puppet in a washing machine, it's a clean sweep. <laughs> OK, 4-0 to Italy. When I told Alex that he had a, a nice easy draw, I meant it. You weren't kidding. Nope, I was not. Uh, Next up, we have North Macedonia, Lost and Found. And this is up against Greece. For Greece, I have selected their 2019 effort, bringing it right up to date. This is Katerine Duska with Better Love. like this one not enormously i mean it's not it's not sakis reverse is no. it i mean that much is obvious 
it's all a bit too much of a kind of poor man's or indeed poor poor woman's Florence and the Machine for me. Okay. It's a bit too bit too whaley in 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 points as well. Um, uh, you can see what they're going for with the kind of you know surreal feminine kind of uh, staging and production, but I, I not not uh, not for me on this occasion. Uh, yes, I, I think you're right. You're certainly picking up on something with the surreal feminine uh, staging. Does anyone think there's any metaphors in the staging here? There must be. Um, there, someone somewhere has written a PhD thesis on what is the significance of the giant white ball in Greece's 2019 Eurovision entry. I, I have a theory as to what the giant ball represents. In fact, I have a theory as to what everything represents. But um, yeah, I, I'm not convinced by my theory, I must admit. Well, let's uh, hear it, Phil. Come on, give us in suspense. OK, I, I think all and this might sound very GCSE English, but I think every everything in this song and its staging is a reference to genitalia. Um, I think the the staging that she has when it revolves around, you see that it is a a a garden or a a lady garden. Um, it is uh, rotated around and it is it's sort of curved at the top. And there is, a, if you notice, there's a small uh, a small ball or balloon perched at the top of the the curved archway. I think that balloon represents the the clitoris. I suspect the other large white balloon that was was chucked into the audience is also a representation of the clitoris. Um, I think the sort of wings that the the dancers have, I I think they possibly represent the 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 labia. Um, and then at this point, I struggle with the fencing swords, uh, but I can only assume that that they somehow represent uh, penises, and and the sort of anger of um of men i th i think this is an an ode to lesbianism and uh oral sex that is the proverbial better love of which they are singing about okay i i i, I can take your theme um but I, I'll, I'll amend slightly i wonder if it's about um purity and virginity and that's why all the women are wearing white um and uh it's called better love maybe it's about abstinence waiting till marriage um okay. and the swords are there protecting the lady there you know nothing's coming anywhere near her there's a bit where they sort of you know cross the swords in front of her to keep people but I, yeah i mean but that could all be absolute horseshit and it's just terrible uh, we're agreed at least that it's it's referencing whether for the um offense or the defense of of sexual pleasure but it's um, but yeah, there's certainly something sexual about what they're doing. Um, when you say we, can, can can I just distance myself from that particular we agree? Um, I'm not sure this is a hill I'm willing to die on in agreeing that this is about genitalia. I'm not I'm not dying on this hill, but you know when there's women in rubber gloves that are sort of doing a fingering motion as a dance, like. What more can you say? Um, this song, for those of you with an interest in early noughties uh, British talent shows, this song was in part written by Fame Academy winner David Sneddon. Wow. Cool. <laughs> so at that point, we go to the vote. Do you prefer this or Lost and Found by Macedonia? And if that's not... Sophie's choice. I don't know what is. Simon, vaginas or backwards blazers? Which do you prefer? Um, it's vaginas for me. Greece. Mini. Initially, I think I was siding with Greece, but after everything you just said, from the vagina metaphor to David Sneddon, to the fact that it is eerily reminiscent of the film Midsommar, but much shorter. I'm going to have to go for the reggae car crash that was Macedonia. 
You can't, can't vote for you can't vote for that Macedonian song. It's terrible. I can't believe I can't believe I've spoken I've talked you into voting for North Macedonia. That's almost impressive. It, it all felt a bit goop. It did feel a little bit goop, didn't it? Did you see that they've got a a Gwyneth Paltrow puppet in the reboot of Spitting Image? I, I I'm firmly planting my flag in the camp of that that Spitting Image remake is going to be either terrible or offensive or both at some stage as you get older simon you sound more and more like piers morgan also has a puppet who does have a puppet on spinning image don't worry though it's on Britbox, so nobody's going to see it <laughs> um right uh sorry that was one one uh Alex. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh it's two one uh yeah like mini actually i can't really bring myself to vote for a song that may or may not be a metaphor for all the things you listed i can't bring myself to say clitoris on a podcast my mother listens to so i'll be voting for the other one listen to that macedonia at least this greek woman can sing that macedonian entry is is just terrible from front to back. I can't believe anyone's even considering voting for it. Can we it's... mute? Can we mute Piers Morgan when when <laughs> others are speaking, please? Piers Morgan would not be using a binary voting system. Um, Dan, let's let's move this along. Hilariously, given that I missed all the uh, subtle nods to female genitalia in my notes, I've described this song as bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> so putting this head to head, my vote goes to Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> North Macedonia, as the Greeks have insisted they be called. <laughs> you and Phil should have a debate. Is Greece 2019 bollocks or vagina? <laughs> bollocks or vagina? Sorry, needs a theme tune. Right, in the face of Piers Morgan's disapproval, North Macedonia has made it through to the semi-finals of the episode. Did not believe we'd be saying that. But there we go. Any any comments, Piers? Gone. He stormed off again. It's gone again, yeah. He's on again. Gone again. Um, sorry, a little bit of a 2004 callback for you there. Um, right. So we move on, and into the stronger half of today's draw. I think. Uh, next up, we have Russia's effort. Yes, the, the Eurovision giant that is Russia. And this is Polina Gagarina. And this is her song, A Million Voices. That is Polina, and that was Russia's 2015 effort. Really strong effort for for Russia, and if I recall, one of the favourites going into the competition, and you can see why, delivered an incredibly powerful song, absolutely impeccably. Uh, the staging in the backdrop is is brilliant. Um, and fair play to Polina as well. If I remember rightly, there was some... Uh, in in the in the world of team sports or soccer, you'd say some off-field business that was perhaps getting into how the players were playing, and maybe they didn't play up to their to their best. If I remember rightly, uh, there was some off-stage disruption to Russia's entry this year. And I, if I, I think I think the, the reception in the arena was quite good when she finished. But was she was there quite a lot of anti-Russia sentiment going into this particular Eurovision and a lot of booing? When Russia's results were read out in 2015, to the point she sort of had a little breakdown. Yeah, you, you're not wrong. It's it started more in 2014 with the Tomal Chevy sisters, um, who who had a particularly bad song, I would say, which received quite a lot of of, of good votes. It came in seventh, uh, which it didn't particularly deserve, and and that got a, a very bad reaction in in Denmark. Uh, you've got to couple that with the fact that um, Russia had cracked down on uh, the promotion of uh, homosexuality in that era as well. So um, that was why they were getting such a particularly bad reception at Eurovision. 
Um, yeah, the the song this song is is very strong. You know, she deserved every point that she got this year. Um, but yes, the Russian politics meant that every time she was getting votes, there were there was booze in the auditorium in in Vienna. But uh, in this case, unlike the Tomolchevi sisters, uh, I think uh, Polina was was deserving of votes in, in 2015, if for the music, if not for the policies. Is, is the reason for the booing perhaps the, the sort of inherent hypocrisy between the message of the song and the politics of Russia at this time? I'll be honest, Simon, I don't think it's that complex. I think it's probably that they don't really like Russia and they don't like the people <laughs> giving votes yeah, to probably, Russia. Yeah. You're probably not wrong there. I, I do agree, Simon. There is uh, there is very much a hypocrisy between uh, Russian politics, especially um, foreign policy at this era, and the, the message of their song. It was a little bit ridiculous. However, it's not like they can come with a song saying, fuck the rest of you. We don't like you. Fuck the rest of you. I actually think that's kind of what they have done. Although I haven't really looked at the lyrics, but just the title of Million Voices to me suggests strength in numbers. We're Russia. There's a <laughs> loads of us. Fuck you, Ukraine, Crimea. If, if you want to look at it that way, it could be seen as pretty domineering. Yes, but then uh, the, the first verse of the song is we are the world's people different, yet we're the same. We believe we believe in a dream. OK, that is hypocrisy. Yeah. It's a it's a very well constructed anthem. If this had come from a, you know, Switzerland, I think this could have won. Maybe not Switzerland. No one likes those entrants. But you know, yeah. a peace loving nation. This this could have done well. Uh, so, but that said, as much as I love this song, it is in a very tough battle here against France's Ale Ola Ole. So, I'm going to come to Mini first of all. This is a tough one. And I don't think I've ever knowingly sided with Europop in my life. But I'm going to go for France. Simon. Yeah, this is, this is pretty tough. But the scoring system says Russia. So, I say Russia. Alex. Russia. Ooh. Dan, you have a, a deciding vote or you can take it to deadlock, in the words of Dermot. Yeah, I mean, this would be a deserving matchup in the next round, maybe even beyond into our final episode, really. Uh, both songs are very good. Um, my vote goes to France. OK, we have deadlock. Dun, dun, dun. I, I really do like both of these songs. I really do. But. If you're asking me which one I think is the stronger act, I am going with France. But very tough call. Russia and Polina Gagarina came second in 2015. This did incredibly well. Not only did it uh, come second to Manzemelo and Heroes, it beat Il Volo, podcast favourite. That is a disgrace. That's the disgrace of the entire history of Eurovision, frankly. Right. From the sublime to the ridiculous. In the final head-to-head -head of the second round, we have Slovakia and Horehoni versus a song that we have mentioned before on the podcast. Yes, we're going back to Austria. We've never covered this before, but it is their 2012 effort. It beat Conchita Verst in Austrian selection in 2012. This is Track Shitas with their song Voki mit dem Popo. Voki mit dem Popo. Voki mit dem Popo. Voki mit dem Popo. Really know what to say, but um, yes, this is a male double act track shitters. I suspect they might be the Austrian Anton Deck, but who knows? Uh, and this is their song, Voki mit dem Popo, translates roughly as shake your ass. Um, 
Dan, did you like this one? The style really reminded me of Gangnam Style. And I was like, oh yeah, it's almost an obvious rip-off. It's not released for a few months mm. after this. It's um, This is before Gangnam Style, so... Are you saying Psy stole his vibes from from Austria? Yes. Yes, I'm saying that. <laughs> I, I second that accusation. I thought the same thing. It falls into a certain kind of obnoxious party banger yeah. that I think had been around before both these songs. LMFAO, I think. Oh, God. I was going to say pioneered it. I'd forgotten about them happily until you brought them up. Fucking LMFAO. It's quite horrible because it's got these really harsh vocals over a really kind of nasty sounding beat. Although they do have light up costumes, though not shin pads, which is a shame. (laughs) They might well get kicked on their way out. I think I would have really hated this at the time. I don't remember it, but I, um, I think I would have really hated it. But actually, like seeing it now, I'm an an old man. I, you know, I, I kind of. Got a bit of a soft spot for this kind of jokey kind of rap song. I think this, you know, the staging choreography is all pretty good, um, and it's quite catchy. You get some crowd participation. The Azerbaijani crowd aren't really that into it, but you can see it kind of works. Um, so I don't think it's as bad as 2012 me probably would have thought it was. Uh, I, I would like to say that looking at the translation of these lyrics, we are party Indians. We wear feathers on our head. Oh yeah, that one's and- racist. That's that's straight up racism. Yep. This is this song is terrible. Everything about it is just awful. It's vulgar. Like there's that bit where she's on the pole and he he strokes her leg. When the women walk past, they bend down to look up their skirts. I'm just not I'm not on board with any of this. This is I I can't think of a worse song we've covered on the podcast. Genuinely, there's no there's nothing redeeming about it. Uh, so we have Austria's Voki mit dem Popel by Track Shitters versus Slovakia's Horahoni. Simon. Yes, uh, I was surprised no one by voting for Slovakia. Lovely. Mini? Yeah, Slovakia for me as well. Dan. I'm going to relive my misspent youth and vote for Austria. <laughs> oh! <laughs> You've got, had some shockers, Dan. Dan. I think this is the word. Dan. Uh, and Alex. As funny as it is to vote against Simon and listen to him get increasingly irate uh, at some of our selections, I will begrudgingly also vote for Slovakia on this occasion. Right. By three votes to one, Horehoni makes it through to the semi final round of this episode. Uh, Austria's song Voki mit dem Pupu in 2012 it will surprise no one to learn that it did not qualify and in fact that it placed in 18th place and last overall in its semi-final so um, the public are in agreement with you Simon for the first time in human existence or knowledge this was the worst thing that they thought that 2012 had to offer does make you wonder whether the Mayans maybe were right and this was what they were predicting. <laughs> so, we have two final head-to-heads, two clashes of titans, or whatever shit we could dredge up on this single episode. So first up, we have Italy's 2011 effort, Madness of Love, versus North Macedonia's 2018 effort, Lost and Found. Dan, which did you prefer? <laughs> it's a tough one, this one, but the Italian entry, I don't know. I, I never didn't really quite like the, I think Minnie called it crooning. Is that is that the right word he was doing there? Didn't really do anything for me. So um, my vote goes to Macedonia, and I might be outvoted three to one for about the 15th time on this episode. Minnie, what about you? I'm going to go for Italy. And I hope it does lead to lost and found being lost forever. Um, Alex, let's get your vote out of the way here. Goes without saying, I vote for Italy. Right. Simon, it's a deciding vote here. Do you like jazz or do you like reggae? 
I do like reggae and jazz, but not these uh, particular examples. I really don't like this Italian song. It, to me, it sounds a bit like sort of a drunk football fan doing Michael Bublé on karaoke. Um, it's so harsh. But that said, the Macedonia entry has no redeeming features whatsoever. It's badly sung. It's badly staged. The costumes are awful. So for that reason, I am going to have to vote for Italy again begrudgingly. Sorry, Dan, you were right. You have been outvoted three to one on this occasion. Uh, and Italy and Raphael Gulazzi go through to the final eight. We will be seeing them in the finals. We're all very excited. And let's uh, be honest, we're all winners if you go to the finals. Like when you're nominated for an Oscar, you're already a winner, right? Minnie, am I right? <laughs> I'm so fucking smug because about 30 seconds ago I'm like bollocks Italy aren't getting through <laughs> you were very lucky here Alex I almost didn't even vote for Italy <laughs> I, I genuinely think if you put this Italy song head to head with that Swiss song the Swiss song would win no, yeah still, it would Swiss, Swiss yeah, yeah. but that's not the bracket format I, so I can't believe it at the end of last week's episode when we finished recording we were like god I tell you what we've put some real awful stuff through this week but it doesn't matter because those songs, they'll be knocked out in the first round when we get to the, the end of the bracket and it'll be fine. And now we've put this through, it's even worse. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder genuinely through this process, is Eurovision actually good? Maybe Eurovision's not good. Maybe it's, the bracket is not the problem. Maybe the problem is Eurovision. Uh, right. So we move on to the second semi-final. This is almost as exciting. We have... France, Ale Ola Ole by Jesse Matador versus Slovakia's Horohoni by Christina Pelikova, both from 2010. One song from 2010 will be making it through to the final, but which one will it be, Simon? This is a really close one for me. In my opinion, these are the top two songs in, in this episode, uh, scoring 992 and 960, respectively. Oh, um, I like... Slovakia a lot. I really like the performance. I like the pagan vibes. I like the Occupy vibes. But for me, I think the Russian song is just is really well sung. It's a really powerful anthem. French and song. for that reason. Yeah, the France went through. So France went through. In which yep. case, I need to start uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> I think you meant the Swiss song again. <laughs> uh, so this is a very tough one still. Um, these songs on my ranking system came second and third, scoring 960 and 896. Um, but for me... All the tension has gone, Simon. All the tension has gone. You know that, right? Why? Because last time it was first and second, and this time it's second and third. So we know which one you think should go through. Okay. Well, my vote's going to Slovakia. Uh, okay. Um, Mini. Uh, well, as they say at Eurovision, 512 poids to France. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Alex? Uh, yeah, I, I really like this. And when I was doing the um, research before we uh, the, recorded the podcast today, I actually awarded France uh, 782,463 points, uh, which made them uh 14th on my board today nevertheless uh, i will be advancing them through to the final uh dan it's a casting vote once again and it won't surprise anyone that's keeping score because i've voted one of these through twice and i voted against one of them twice as well so france gets my vote by three votes to one we have restored parity in the universe and all disagreed with simon france makes it through to the big final eight. Congratulations to them. It's at this point that I can reveal that um, the two songs that we have just eliminated didn't do very well at Eurovision. Uh, North Macedonia came in 18th place in its semi-final, not qualifying. Uh, and uh, Horehoni in 2010, came in 16th place in its semi-final, not qualifying. Um, so neither of these songs were very popular in their year. 
so that was that. We have uh, Italy and France through. Two of the big five have made it through to our very own final eight. So that's a great performance for them to put you out of your misery. The winner of Barbara Dex from this episode, one of you was right. Unfortunately, it was Simon. It was North Macedonia and IQ that uh, won Barbara Dex in 2018 for that double monstrosity. Uh, and we will see you next week for the final quarter of Eurovision in Isolation's best of the rest bracket. We have some hard rock. We have some yodeling. We have some uh, undeniably sexual imagery once again. Who knew we could have any more? But we do. And uh, and an, a brilliant novelty song from a giant European nation. So what more could you ask for? So until then, it is goodbye from the fabulous four. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Phil. Oh, I get too excited there. Here we are in our various processions. Uh, shit. Professions. Professions. Here we are in our various... <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that.